Well, as I mentioned before, this morning we start our new sermon series called The Way, where we take a look at the book of Acts, where we hear some powerful stories of life transformation in Christ. These first few followers, they were not yet called Christians, but followers of the way. And we recall that Jesus said to, to those first disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So today we will take a look at a few of those early followers in our sermon series. We're going to take a look at a few of them. But today we're specifically looking at Stephen, the first martyr in, the, in that early church. And so as we begin and dive in, let us have a word of prayer if you would join me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that this morning we can gather as your people freely to worship you and to hear your word. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come, that you would speak a word of grace and truth into our hearts and in our lives so that we can grow closer in our walk with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder this morning how many of us could recall a time in our life where we had zero control, absolutely no control, and, and the situation we found ourselves in completely relied on someone or something else. Can you recall a time in your life where you had to put your full faith in someone or something else? I remember one of the first times I had to do that myself. I was in high school, a junior in high school, and for a communications class, we had to take a class trip to uh, this camp where we did team building exercises. And yes, there were such things like trust falls. And you had, you know, a trust fall is somebody's holding out their arms like this and you fall back. Thankfully, they caught me. That was great. Uh, and then we did all these low course things. And finally, at the end of the day, we, we had this one exercise that I honestly had no clue if I was going to be able to get through it. We had to go up on a high ropes course. I am so incredibly afraid of heights. I can't even begin to tell you how afraid of heights I am. I get vertigo when I start climbing up a ladder and I look down. It's, it's a scary situation. So when they said, you got to go up, and I'm like, ah. so I went up and, and I, you know, they, you put this harness on you and, and then they hook you in on this line and then, and then they say, okay, go. Well, I mean, I was holding the pole for a really long time until I gathered the courage to start on the first ropes course and actually put my feet on a rope and, and try Trust myself to get across, right? Trust myself in the ropes and all the things. Well, eventually, it took a long time, but I did go through most of the course. And at the very end of the course, there's the one last piece that you have to go through. You have to do it with another person. They, they have two ropes that, that start very close together, but, but as you hold the hands of the person that you're with, they start moving further and further apart, and you have to work as a team, right, to, like, balance your weight and get across the ropes. Well, me and this person, Aaron, there we were holding each, other, each other's hands. But, you know, Aaron and I, we aren't um, vertically inclined. And these ropes got really far apart and so far that we could barely touch the ropes with our feet and still hold on to each other well. And, and my trust was in her. And I'm like, don't you let go. Don't you mess up. And she was thinking the same thing towards me. And all of a sudden, we got so close to the end and we fell. 
And mind you, I forgot all about the harness and I started screaming at the top of my lungs, but all of a sudden I stopped. And as my feet fell out under me, I was held. As soon as the panic had settled in, so had the relief. I had to not only trust the person I was with, but I also had to trust that harness, right? That, that safety net that was there. It's in that moment, those kinds of moments, that I think can help us as we wrap our minds and hearts around someone like Stephen in the Bible. Stephen's story goes something like this. Stephen was a Hellenistic Jew, meaning he grew up not speaking uh, Aramaic and Hebrew. He spoke Hebrew. He had to learn. He was a good Jew. But he, his primary language was Greek. And you see, in the Jewish uh, culture, there were two kinds of Jews, a Hellenistic Jew and a Hebrew, uh, one who spoke Greek and one who was Palestinian and spoke Aramaic. And there was a dispute that existed between these first early Jewish Christians. And so this dispute, this dispute by the way, had to do with temple life and, and, and how often do you worship at temple and how important was temple life. Well, um, if you were a, a Hebrew, you, your life centered around temple life. If you were a Hellenistic Jew, you were part of the diaspora where you were out and dispersed because of occupation and Babylonian empire. So you, you learned to, yes, you still made trips to temple, but you also knew that, that God, you could worship God even outside temple. And Stephen was a Hellenistic Jew. And he believed that now that Jesus had died, that the Holy Spirit was with them and you could worship God. Yes, in temple, but also with the body of Christ, and that God was with you in here, everywhere you go. So they had to vote in the early church, this group called The Way, for a leadership of sorts to help kind of resolve this dispute. And of the seven Hellenistic Jews who were voted on to this leadership team, Stephen was one of them. He was voted in because he was very bold in his faith. His faith was strong. The Holy Spirit, he truly felt it was in him, and he lived that way. But because he also believed that Jesus the Messiah had died for him and for the sins of all people, he believed that Mosaic Law didn't hold as much sway or in a different kind of sway, that, that the Mosaic Law needed to be seen in a whole new light, and temple worship needed to be done a little differently. The importance of temple religious life and its practices, because of Stephen and other Hellenistic Jews, it became under threat. So, this is what brought Stephen before the Sanhedrin, before this group of religious elite whose lives very much depended upon temple worship, people coming to temple and giving offerings and leading worship and helping people follow Mosaic the Mosaic Law, these executors of Jewish law, he stood before them and he gave his defense. He gave his reasoning, his belief in Jesus as the Messiah. And God's spirit with him was so strong that he did not back down at all in front of these religious elite. 
and this belief. Yes, that ultimately led to his stoning. His feet were knocked out from underneath him, and he fell. But as he fell, he also had words of forgiveness on his lips. And this is the part of Stephen's story that I think a lot of us, we just, it's so hard to wrap our minds around. What would cause a man to live so boldly and to be able to face his death by stoning with words of forgiveness on his lips? What could inspire that kind of trust? You know, you and I, we, we can look at the world around us, maybe even our very lives, but I know I don't have to look very far. I, I look at the violence in our world, at home and abroad. I, I look at the heartbreaking medical diagnoses of friends and family. I, I look at the broken relationships that I have in my own life and, and, and those that I love in this world, uh, the loss of dear loved ones. Uh, when, when that comes crashing in on our lives, you don't have to look very far. And, and more often, these sorts of things, they cause doubt and anger within us, especially towards God. But looking at Stephen, it's in, it inspires curiosity, wonder, interest. What could inspire Stephen to such faith at such a difficult time? And of course, the answer is Jesus. Only Jesus. God incarnate. God with skin on. The love of God fully embodied and displayed through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the one who stood with humanity even in his darkest moments, even as he had died by the, at the hands of his, his persecutors, right? And yet he stood with humanity in our broken world so he could overcome it. He conquered sin and death so he could redeem it, so that you and I could have forgiveness and have life. Only Jesus could do that. But I want to point out that Stephen, like us, didn't start full of the Holy Spirit, as Scripture says. I'm going to unpack that statement in a minute. He didn't start off just all in faith. He had to grow into that faith. You see, this moment in Stephen's life where he was full of the Holy Spirit, it was the pinnacle. It was the topmost point of his life of faith in Jesus Christ. But like all believers, he had to hear the gospel first. He had to start somewhere. And those first disciples, even before Stephen, they had to hear from Jesus himself what was done for them. And those disciples that had to proclaim to others what Jesus had done for them and for the world, they all had to hear it from Jesus' own lips. They had to believe in it. And as they became, became growing in faith, learning to trust this gospel message, they shared it with the world. I think one of the things we can learn from Stephen in his faith journey that the first step in believing is to hear over and over again the good news of Jesus Christ, to hear God's word and the truth that is in Jesus. 
And Stephen would have experienced this over and over as a, as a follower of the way. And, and we, as followers of Jesus Christ, I think we can learn this from him and from those early followers, that, that believing, it takes three things, connection, growth, and, and serving, like Stephen did. But I want to focus in on that grow. He dived deep into God's word. He heard the stories from those first disciples. And you and I, we have the same opportunity to do that day in and day out, to get into God's word, to not only just come to worship, hear God's words preached, but also to be in scripture, to be lifted up by the love of God that's proclaimed to us through the gospels, through all of scripture. And we can get connected through Bible study, book studies, learning events, even in your bulletin. Take your bulletin home, and, and we've got an outline of today's sermon with questions for you to reflect on and to get into God's word to grow and hear God's love for you in Jesus Christ. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus prays for his church. He not only prays for those first disciples, but he prays for anyone who hears the testimony. He prayed for you and for me that we would come to believe that God sent him and that by our testimony, others would come to believe too. We'll hear these words again. As you sent me into the world, Jesus says, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. We, like Stephen, not only need to hear the gospel message, but also engage in telling and sharing our faith in Jesus. You see, in the telling and sharing of God's love for us in Jesus, the Holy Spirit deepens our faith. And this is so incredibly important, not just for us, but also maybe even more so for the others who would hear how Jesus has impacted their life, transformed your life, so they may hope and know that Jesus can do the same for them. And this is another point in, in which we find ourselves in the believing and growing in belief and faith and trust, right? We need to connect. We need to connect with others. Yes, through worship, through adult ministry events, through small group activity. I want to lift up one especially that's dear to my heart, and that's our Stephen ministry. Our Stephen ministry is actually named after the martyr Stephen. You see, Stephen, he saw a need in the early church. Yes, he was voted onto a leadership position, but then he saw that as the disciples proclaimed the gospel and then they went to continue to share that message, he knew that the care of the community, their soul business, as well as their learning, their discipleship business, right? It needed to be carried on. And so he looked at people, the lay people, people like you and me, right? And he said, how can we love and serve one another? How can we connect with one another and lift one another up. And so he created a ministry where people did that. They cared for one another. So we have that here in our church. We have a group of people who, who have gone through about 40 hours of training to learn how to listen, how to ask open-ended questions and just pray and walk with somebody who's going through crisis. Because one of the ways in which we grow in faith is when we connect with one another and walk alongside one another and grow together in faith. 
Oftentimes, a lot of Stephen ministers I know that I've had a chance to talk with and visit with, they became Stephen ministers not only because of a prompting of the Holy Spirit, but because they themselves know the blessing of what it means to be walked alongside by someone of faith, oftentimes another Stephen minister themselves. And they know the gift of that, and they want to give that to the next person. Jesus continued his prayer. He said, I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I think this is the last thing uh, I really want to lift up and share is that faith isn't just something that's taught and caught, but it is also something to be shared and lived with with others. We inspire others to believe in Jesus through both our verbal testimony, but also our lived testimony. I think this is why Stephen's story is so powerful. It was how he lived and how he died, that visible outward sign of his faith, of his trust in God. And we too, God calls us as we grow in faith to do that too, to inspire people to believe in Jesus too by not only what we say, but also by what we do. I want to share the story of, uh, of a friend of mine who found out we have prayer crosses. And she took a few prayer crosses to share with others. But one person in particular that she wanted to share her prayer cross with was with a loved one that doesn't believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so one day when she was visiting her loved one, she, she took her prayer cross with her. She, she shared the importance of that cross of Jesus in her life, and they had a good discussion. And at the end of that discussion, she knew her friend still wasn't there on the path of believing, but she thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to leave this prayer cross here. So she left it on a, on a table. And she walked away, and she went home, held her loved one in prayer. She went back to visit her, her loved one, and, and, and when she came back, that prayer cross was still out and on the table. It hadn't gone anywhere. She let that be, and then a few months later, her, her loved one came to visit her, and, and she made an invitation to come to worship. And her loved one said yes. making her faith visible, not just verbal, but also visible. An invitation for a faith journey began. Jesus finishes his prayer. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Stephen was stoned because of division in the church. He was stoned for his belief in Jesus. I think what makes his story so powerful and transformational for us today was that even as his feet were knocked out from underneath him, he knew he was held. And that's what made possible for him to say, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Stephen saw the anger, the hurt, the violence, the division could lead to, but more importantly, he saw the healing power of God's 
grace in all circumstances. He knew that Christ's love and mercy on the cross held a greater power in this world and in his life than anything else in, all, in, in hell or all the earth. Like he knew it conquered all. Jesus had overcome it all. You and I, when we look at Stephen, may you know in your soul, in the depths of your being, that you are held. That you are held, you are forgiven, you are freed, and that God sees you, knows you, loves you, and tells you, you are mine. You are mine, and you have nothing to fear. Go and love like I loved you. All of this so that someone like you and me, when they see us, they can know, the world, the whole world can know that God loves and saves all through his son, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that this thing called faith and believing, it's not always easy. Life is hard. But God, as we look to your, your servant, Stephen, we know that we are held and we are loved. Lord, help us to know and trust in this love. Help us to not only know and trust, but also to share this love with those around us so that more and more people can come to believe in you. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.